Are we supposed to get married? I'm gonna just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life. This is a classic mistake, but we decide we like someone as opposed to learning if we like them. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've seen me on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Dates and Mates. You've heard me say on the show before that choosing a partner is the most important decision you will ever make. It affects your finances, your family, your mental health, and your future. But I also want you to remember that the dating journey is just as important as your relationship destination. We learn so much about ourselves through the dating process. Our likes and dislikes, our boundaries, our non-negotiables, the things we would like to have in a relationship, the things that we must have in a relationship. And even when a relationship doesn't work out, we're still learning. It's a myth to think that any relationship is ever a waste of time. Every relationship you have can be a teaching tool when it comes to better understanding yourself and the relationship that best fits into your life. And that is why I have the host of the podcast, The Vile Files, Nick Vile here to discuss his new book. It's called Don't Text Your Ex, Happy Birthday. And he is here to help you navigate the ups and downs of the dating process so you will leave this episode feeling more empowered in dating. But up first, we have a headline to discuss. You know, there's always a headline. Today, we will ask, is your work stress making you more critical in your relationships? Then later, it's not just Dear Demona, we'll be doing a crossover Ask Nick Dear Demona as we both tackle your questions in love, dating, and relationships. All right, lovers, open your hearts for this episode. We've got a dish. These dating dish. Hot off the presses at SPSP.org, the Society for Personality and Social Psychology has a new study. They looked at newlywed couples who were in this honeymoon period where they're more likely to focus on positive behavior. And they had them fill out a questionnaire that asked them about the stressful situations in their lives. And then they were asked to complete a survey about their own and their partner's behaviors. Turns out, Participants who reported experiencing more stressful life events outside their relationship were especially likely to notice their partner's negative behaviors. And we're not just talking like one bad day. It wasn't just one single stressor. It was a prolonged period of time spent under stressful conditions. And I've talked on the show before about how COVID has also affected, like, <laughs> I have a friend who's a divorce attorney who apparently, like, her phones have been ringing off the hook because I think that pressure cooker that we've been in has made us more critical of our partners, but also more critical and at a heightened sense of awareness and stress at all times. So in reading this article, I started to think about how this affects my clients who are single because I am seeing a lot more negativity towards dating in general. And some might say that that's because of dating apps or the speed of dating or the way that we communicate now or, you know, we get kind of nostalgic for another time in dating. But I assure you, I was there. It wasn't any better. <laughs> it was worse in many ways. But I think that this added element of the continual stress that we have all been under during the pandemic 
is a factor that isn't really being studied in singles and in my interpretation actually has a dramatic effect because I hear all the time now from people writing into the show and from my clients that as you're going out on dates, you're finding something wrong with everyone. And we're wondering, why is it? Why can't I find anyone? Why is dating so much harder today? And I'm going on dates. I'm doing all the things Demona is telling me. And yet I'm not meeting anyone of quality. And it's making me wonder if it's making singles more critical of their dates. And if it's causing you to show up on your dates already tuned to look for negative behaviors. This is why I'm, I keep talking about, like, I'm done with red flags. I don't want to talk about red flags anymore. I was talking about red flags all of 2020 and 2021. I want to talk about green flags because, and I was doing this with my dating accelerator participants just last week, we get more of what we are focused in on. So like in feng shui, they say where attention goes, energy flows. If you are in a narrative that is saying everyone I meet online is not up to my expectations, all of these guys out here are F boys. <laughs> if you're out here repeating that narrative, then that becomes the lens through which you see your dates. And if you add on to it what this study discovered about the way that stress causes us to be more critical of ourselves and especially of our partners, we are then probably also being more critical of people that we are meeting for the first time or the second time or that we have these expectations. Like we want someone to take us out of the stress. And when someone doesn't match that expectation and you've already carved out time during a very busy and stressful period to give that person the gift of your time, I can understand why it would be frustrating, overwhelming, disappointing. So I offer you just that little bit of insight into what may be happening inside your brain that you're not even aware of. And I invite you as you go into your next date to see what happens if you look for those green flags, if you stop scanning for negative behaviors, which maybe you weren't aware of before, but maybe you'll be more aware of it right now, and start asking yourself, what do I like about this person? What do I like about this experience? We're not going to change the pandemic. We're not going to change the stresses of life. But what we can change, what we do have the power to shift is our own perceptions the brain's very powerful. And if you know how you're programming it, then you have an opportunity always to rewire yourself and rewrite your love story. When we come back, my buddy Nick Vile of the Vile Files will be here to talk about how to navigate the ups and downs of dating and why you should never text your ex happy birthday. Now I got to tell you about one of my favorite brands, Cozy Earth. Thanks to Cozy Earth, I have never had a better night's sleep in my life because of their comfy sheets. They're silky. They make me feel like I'm lounging in a hotel. I feel like somebody on these cozy earth sheets. And now they're making the comfiest loungewear of my life. Cozy Earth has developed and crafted high-quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. 
Cozy Earth's women's loungewear is crafted from the same breathable and luxurious material as their juicy, juicy bedding. And it offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering and elegant fit. Plus, Cozy Earth has even been featured on Oprah's favorites list four years in a row. And they have a 10-year warranty on all of their products. They have all sorts of clothing to try on. Tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, joggers, even scrunchies. And I heard scrunchies are back in, by the way. I love scrunchies. I'm telling you, this fabric, you just have to touch it to believe it. I'm a believer you will become one too. And we'll make it real simple for you. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for Dates and Mates listeners today. 35% off site-wide when you use the code DAMONA. That's D-A-M-O-N-A. Go to CozyEarth.com and don't forget to use the code DAMONA, D-A-M-O-N-A, for 35% off site-wide. Sushi, if you're a fan of it, is incredible. But gas station sushi? Not so much. Finding the right sushi makes all of the difference. The same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. One that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and you're heard, even if you're telling them about your favorite sushi place. My doctor of 18 years just left his practice in L.A., and I have to tell you the drama that I went through to try to find another doctor, somebody else who was in network, someone that I didn't have to spend, you know, in L.A. traffic, like 45 minutes to get to, and somebody that would really make me feel like I was being taken care of. And I had all that drama before I found ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're, you know, trying to straighten those teeth for your dating smiles or fix an achy back, get that mole checked, fix your busted ankle like me. <laughs> Whatever your health ailment is, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting a delivery to your house. You just search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. Find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments, and now when you walk into that doctor's office, you are set to see someone in your network who gets you. I am so passionate about this. Go to ZocDoc.com. Find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely and make it work for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my new go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Demona and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Demona, D-A-M-O-N-A, ZocDoc.com slash Demona. Welcome back. You probably know Nick Vile from his starring role on the 21st season of ABC's The Bachelor. But do you know him as the host of the podcast, The Vile Files? It is a fantastic show. I was even on an Ask Nick episode. But he's always talking about everything from celebrity relationships to post-breakup healing, 
often salacious texts. <laughs> he has three weekly episodes and they're all fantastic. And now he has a new book. It's called Don't Text Your Ex Happy Birthday and other advice on love, sex, and dating. And it is out today. So be sure to grab yourselves a copy and be sure to give big smooches to my guest, Nick Vile. Hi. Welcome back, Nick. Good to be back, Damona. How are you? I'm great. Oh my God, dude, you wrote a book. And you actually wrote a book. <laughs> I, I, I actually wrote a book. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting. I'm as surprised as anyone uh, that I, I wrote a well, book. You wrote uh, a book and it's really good. And I've had the experience of being on your show and having you on Dates and Mates before. And I have to say, Nick, you you have great advice. You come out with these zingers and these perspectives that you're like, how does this man know all of these things? Because uh, I've made all the mistakes and I've learned the hard way. And uh, when you learn the hard way, which is learning it without listening to others or taking advice and just and, and me messing up, it sucks because you usually have to go through it. The only good news is, is that it, it'll affect you a great deal. <laughs> and you might spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to get yourself unstuck because I know I've I've felt pretty stuck in relationships and dating in the past, and so uh, I spent a lot of time just reflecting on my choices and and how it impacted my life, and it's kind of turned into into this. So it's it, it's not without a lot of uh, trials and tribulations, as they say. <laughs> uh, so it came with a cost, but I, I truly have a lot of gratitude uh, for my past experiences, and it's something I always try to remind people. Even when you're going through it um, at your lowest point, someday in the future, you will look back and smile because it will just be part of your your story. And, you know, you really have to have those lows to appreciate the highs. I want to dive into uh, some of the big themes of the book. It's called Don't Text Your Ex Happy Birthday. So let's start with texting. <laughs> I find that... For me as a dating coach of, gosh, like 15 plus years, I actually think that dating apps are not the biggest shift in dating culture. I think texting and the way that we communicate changing is the biggest shift. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to argue against that. You know, if, if dating apps is 1A, texting might be 1B or vice versa. The art of communication has definitely suffered. Yeah. Do you have any top line advice for flirting over text, for managing relationships over text, I find that that is, it's now a step in the courtship process that you have to get past. And not everybody's a great texter. No, they're not, right? And sometimes we put unfair expectations on, on the people who are interested based off their texting etiquette. I, I mean, I hear it all the time. Oh, they're not a good texter. What does that mean? It's just like, well, maybe it just means they're not a good texter. Or maybe it means they appreciate face-to-face -face communication. You know, I always say that, you know, be wary of text because when we're texting someone, they will not receive it in the way we, we meant to send it. They will receive it in whatever mood or feelings they are in. So it's, it's like Russian roulette with communication. If they're feeling defensive, they'll read it defensively. If they're feeling guarded, they'll read it from a guarded point of view. You know, no amount of emojis or winky faces are going to really articulate, you know, the message you were trying to send. And so when you are texting strangers uh, who don't know uh, your sense of humor, you truly run the risk of miscommunication. 
I'm not not saying never text, but like sometimes it's picking up the phone or using the technology like FaceTime is a much better way to get to know someone and to stop making assumptions. It's it's awkward to sometimes talk to strangers. It's awkward to put yourself out there and pick up the phone call. We avoid. And so what we do is we just fill in the gaps in our head of things that we don't know. It's just like, well, I'll, I'll just decide for myself what they mean or what they think and what their intentions are. We start assuming for other people and we all, we all know what, what happens when we assume. And so <laughs> to your point, be wary of messaging, like on dating apps, you know, you shouldn't be having these ongoing messages with strangers. Mm-mm. You should, if, if nothing else, you Zoom as your friend, you know, if you don't want to give him your number, yeah. hop on, like already talking to you, Demona, like I can see your your face and I can hear your voice and I can see that you're smiling when I'm talking to you. I can see that you're <laughs> nodding, I, you know, I can hear your tone and that like, it's so much easier to get to know someone, right? Absolutely. And we spend all this time wasting time texting with people we know nothing about. I loved that chapter in the book. I also loved that you brought in a little bit of your own story. So as we're talking about digital communication, we have to talk about social media, Nick. And you even met your girlfriend sure. on social. She made the first move and you you outlined that in the book. She did. Can yeah. you give us some tips for sliding in the DMs? Because I know I've been telling people for a while it's going down in the DMs and you are living proof of that. Yeah, simple tips. I always kind of, as I mentioned in the book, like I'm not a pickup artist. This is, you know, the book's not about like, you know, the top five ways to hit on some, but there are definitely some basic do's and don'ts that I find people are often not doing or doing the wrong way. Like simple is better. Keep it simple, I think, is a general rule, right? Um, and just kind of shooting your shot to an extent, right? People always ask, well, what did Natalie say to grab your attention? And the truth is, like, it wasn't anything special. Instagram, Facebook, social media is a visual platform. Use that tool the way it's intended to. So if you're going to shoot your shot, make sure that your Instagram is not on private. If you have a type of career that requires you to have more privacy, well, maybe DMing someone is, you know, not necessarily, you know, maybe in your ballpark. There are other ways to meet someone, but people should know what you look like. Don't make it a mystery, you know. Uh, make sure you have pictures on your feed that make it clear this is the person who is reaching out to someone and saying, I want to get to know you. There's certainly a lot more to us than our pretty faces, but like people are, you know, they do prioritize physical attraction early on. So if you're going to reach out to a stranger, make them feel safe enough that you're allowing them to know that I can see who this person is. You know, so many people will DM someone and they're like trying to look at that little like thumbnail, you know, and just be like, <laughs> I, I think this is a person. Or maybe their Instagram feed is like full of like all their like woodworking <laughs> hobbies. And that's great that you have a woodworking hobby and you and you use Instagram to promote it, but like it kind of looks strange when you are DMing someone and they're like, is there a person behind this? You know, catfishing is a real thing. So just if you're a stranger, reach out to someone, think about yourself. Like, what would make me feel safe? What would make me feel like this is a, a, an actual person that I can trust? And then when you do, I always ask questions. And in every case, when you reach out to a stranger, make it easy for someone to have a conversation with you. And that question might be like, you're looking at me, Demona, you, you, you know, you saw like my dog there. And maybe it's just like, oh, what a beautiful dog, you know, like, what's your favorite dog part to take them or something like that. It doesn't really matter what the question is. The point is like you're asking someone and you're giving someone an opportunity that if they are interested, if they 
like maybe look at your profile and go, oh, that person's cute. I'm, I'm curious. You know, you're basically trying to pique someone's curiosity. And if you get them to be curious, yeah. make it easy for them to respond. You're hot <laughs> is, is hard to respond. <laughs> you know, it's like, thanks. I say the same thing about, about messaging someone on a dating app. I'm like, just get curious and ask. I say a comment plus a question, something that responds to a sure, specific yeah. thing that's in their profile. And it's like the same thing on DMs. But you thought that you thought Natalie might have been a catfish anyway. <laughs> She's very pretty. <laughs> well, yeah. So I don't think you can be too safe in, a, in this digital era. I mean, I'm not suggesting people don't trust anyone, but like, just be careful, you know, make sure that you are talking to a real person, you know, again, like Zoom, FaceTime, things like that. Unfortunately, catfishing is a thing. So before you start divulging all your personal information, because someone with a really cute picture started asking you a bunch of charming questions, just be careful with what you share and what you open up with and things like that. And recognize that if they don't respond, that's okay. It's not a reflection of you. There's a million reasons why a stranger might not be interested in you. Maybe it's because for option A is, you know, maybe you're, you're not their cup of tea and that's okay. But also maybe, maybe they're in a relationship. Maybe they're just not in a space that they want to date right now. Maybe they're having a bad day. So like, Let's not jump to conclusions that make us feel less than just because we didn't get the result we wanted in the yeah. moment. Oh, there's so many questions coming up uh, in the next segment that I want to get into. But a couple more things about the book. You outline signs of a player and signs of a fuckboy. Nick, can you please yeah. educate our audience? What, what's the difference between a fuckboy and a player? I feel like the player term was more popular back in the day, like movies like How to Be a Player and <laughs> yeah. things like that. And then like the past, like... 10 years or so like fuckboy became like the new term that replaced players and i and as i was writing this book i feel like there needs to be a distinction and the reason i i thought of that is because we are operating in, in hookup culture and that has become a very prevalent part of dating culture mm -hmm. and listen i'm i've i've participated in hookup culture it can be a lot of fun it can be exciting but like it does come with its risks and it does come with the ability to confuse yourself and others. So we, we do need to be careful. And, and, and I say that because hookup culture to me is essentially being in a romantic relationship with someone and having intimacy without an established emotional connection. And when I say established emotional connection, I mean a certain amount of time that has gone back for two people to really trust how each other feels about each other. Emotional connection is not feeling excited or thinking they're hot. Chemistry is not an emotional connection because you can feel chemistry one day and then you can make a joke that doesn't land and then get really nervous that that's going to change everything. Or they find out, you know, maybe some bad habit and you get really insecure that that's going to change how they feel about you. That's not an emotional connection, right? That's just a connection. And so an emotional connection is trusting how they feel about you, feeling safe about their feelings towards you. Like you've, you've spent enough of time that you guys really know each other and you're not constantly worried about how they feel, right? And in a hookup culture, you know, we're going on a couple dates and we decide to be intimate and that's, that's great and all. But I always say the less we know, the more likely things can change. And so as we operate in hookup culture, our feelings are changing all the time. And with that, we're not communicating. And then we feel fuckboyed, as I say, right? And because I, all it takes, I think, in a hookup culture to be a fuckboy is to have someone <laughs> perceive you as a fuckboy. And what I mean by that is like all it takes is two people dating 
and you have one person more excited about the other, right? So two people date, they've been hanging out, and some, one person is just like, oh, I'm super excited, this is great, this is going great. The other person is just like, you know, I like them, they're nice. I'm having fun, it's good, well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I match with two other people, they're nice too, I don't know, but you decide to sleep together, and you enjoy the sex, and you're like, well, we should keep having this sex. The other person's like, I really like you. And then all of a sudden, the person who's more like kind of, you know, lukewarm about it decides this isn't for me, right? But they've had two or three fun dates. They've been having some sex. You've been hooking up and the other person bows out. And the person really excited, it kind of feels like, well, you led me on or you misled me because you maybe these two people really like had a three-hour conversation about how, how much chemistry they feel. And again, chemistry is fun, but it's not an established emotional connection. And so when that happens... We're having more and more people feel like we're interacting with fuckboys because, you know, they, they really have been. Because, it, like, women, men, we all can become fuckboys because fuckboys happen when we're not communicating our expectations and boundaries and we make assumptions and the other person is, like, you know, having sex with us but not really prioritizing our feelings. And then all of a sudden, we have a fuckboy situation. And so, not to make excuses for fuckboys, but again, it really comes down to the art yeah. of communication and setting expectations and boundaries. And like a well-intentioned fuckboy is still a fuckboy. And I always say that your fuckboy is someone else's future partner. You know, fuckboys like <laughs> are well-intentioned. Like they want to have a relationship in theory, but they really don't want to like check themselves to like do what it really takes and make the sacrifices required to be in a relationship. And players, on the other hand, Players are the people really with like alternative motives. They truly don't want a relationship. They really just want to have sex. They will kind of manipulate and lead you on. They will go out of their way to like buy you gifts and make you feel special just so that they can hopefully you know, hook up with you with no intentions. And that's, they're playing the game, right? And, and that's why fuckboys, they're a little more dangerous. That's why we get upset because they really made me feel like they cared, you know? And the challenging part is, is, Maybe they did. And it leads to a ton of confusion. And now we're just like, oh man, that was a fuckboy. And next thing you know, six months later, you find out they're in a relationship and they're about to propose. And so that's kind of how I position, you know, fuckboys and players. Thank you. I appreciate the clarification on that. <laughs> it made total sense. As a student of dating and relationships, it made absolute sense. Yeah. And I also appreciate in the book, you say a fuckboy can be any person, any gender. It's not necessarily a man. And you also, you really, what I love about this book is that you really empower people to take control of their dating yeah. lives. And that's what I, I talk about on Dates and Mates all the time. Like you have more control than you realize, but it does come down to communication. You say in the book, be honest about your non-negotiables, but we're so afraid that if we speak our truth and what we honestly want, whether it's a situationship or whether it's a long-term relationship and kids and a dog and whatever, if we speak it, then we don't get our expectations yeah. met, then we're going to feel some kind of way that we don't want to feel. But everything you want is on the other side of that maybe uncomfortable conversation. Totally. I mean, most of this book is just about reframing how we see any one given situation. We, we couldn't be more on the same page in terms of, you know, we have more control than we want to give ourselves credit to sometimes. And if I had to summarize this book, I would say it's to help the stuck feel a little unstuck. Because I remember you know, allowing my ego to take over my thoughts and convincing myself that I was helpless and I would obsess over her choices 
only to realize I didn't want to accept certain realities. And I chose to make her choices a representation of my self-worth. Rejection sucks. It's not fun. But if we reframe how we see rejection Mm -hmm. as clarity to give us the answers, to allow us to have more freedom, to empower us to make our own choices, then I can just change things a little bit more. We already have too many choices in this world and rejection is clarity to help us like focus on the things that actually can bring us value. I'm telling you, y'all need to get a copy of this book, Don't Text Your Ex Happy Birthday. But before you grab your copy of the book, you also have to hear Nick's answers to our Dear Demona questions in a little crossover. Ask Nick, Dear Demona. Stick around. You may be wondering, who do the experts you listen to listen to themselves. For me, that's Mel Robbins. I follow her on Instagram. I read her books. I listen to her content. And now I'm super excited because Mel Robbins has a new podcast. You can change your life and Mel Robbins will show you how. I have lived it myself. The Mel Robbins podcast has a simple mission to inspire, to motivate, and to empower you with the tools and advice you need to create a better life. Mel has spent the last 10 years helping millions of people, and I'm literally not exaggerating, millions of people have listened to her best-selling audiobooks, have heard her speak on stages across the world, and now she would like to help you. Every single episode is packed with deeply relatable topics, tactical advice, hilarious screw-ups, and compelling conversations. This is Mel at her best. She knows exactly how to bring really complex, heady topics down to our level. So you know exactly what to do, what changes to make to live your best life. On the Mel Robbins podcast, Mel brings you behind the scenes and teaches you all of her best secrets as you laugh and learn together. So join me and listen to the Mel Robbins podcast every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. I love answering your dating and relationship questions. And today we got double trouble because Nick Vile is going to be chiming in. He has the best love and relationship advice next to dates and mates, of course. And I'm so excited for this next segment. Help me. This one comes to us in an Instagram message from Elle. She says, I'd like to ask for guidance on how to proceed with someone I recently met. We met last week and had an immediate connection. We saw each other the following day and he stayed with me, although we slept fully clothed. After that, his communication was constant, but often he made more sexual comments. We met again at my house the day he returned from a business trip. He spent the night and we just fooled around. We didn't go all the way because I had communicated I wasn't ready for more. He texted me the following Sunday saying, good morning, sunshine. I hope you're having a great weekend. I responded. Then I sent a message on Monday, the next day, just saying hi. And he again responded with the same pleasantry. Since then, he has not initiated contact once. I've reached out twice with pleasantries and he's responded politely. I'm not sure how to proceed from here. I like him a lot. And my goal is to develop a long-term relationship with someone. Yeah, a couple key things. Like I always listen for certain words and things like that. Again, prioritize the boundaries you set or the chemistry you feel. And it sounds like this person to some degree did. Like love that she set a boundary about how she felt about sex and relationship and things like that. 
I love that she listened to the fact that she was noticing him talking more about sexual things, which is like fine if you're a sexual person, no judgment. But when you just meet someone early on, the questions they ask you are just as important as, as to their answers to your questions, right? Because their questions are identifying what they are prioritizing. So when they are bringing up things early on and it's mostly sexual, that means his biggest motive was to have sex, right? It didn't seem like his biggest motive was to really get to know this person. It sounds like he was deciding for himself, how likely is this person to have sex with me early on? Let me ask a question though, Nick, because I was thinking that as well. But then why the good morning sunshine, I hope you're having a good weekend text? Uh, My guess is, is he was still on the fence. And then somewhere between that time and the next text, he met someone else. The next day? Yeah, truly. He was like, oh, just actually just kidding. You got to think about it. Like that's the, the thing about dating apps is, you know, truly he probably started talking to someone else who was a little bit more excited about his sexual questions is my guess. You know, we, mm-hmm. we are on these dating apps. Mm-hmm. We match with 10 or 15 people. We're having conversations with three or four. Things get lost in the shuffle. And so I think it's just really important to pay attention to the, the questions people ask us. And so I think his, yeah. his focus was more on sex and less about getting to know that person. And that can be disappointing for her, but I, I think she should be proud of herself for the fact that she's communicated that boundary. And this guy didn't reject her. He rejected her boundary. And then there's that part where she goes, I really like him. What, what do you really like about him? And she, she said, I really like him a lot. And my goal is to develop a long-term relationship yeah. with someone. Exactly, but sometimes right? we try to make someone fit when it's someone, but not that one. <laughs> I love that she has that goal. And I'm glad she said someone and not him. But what do you mean you really like him? I really like what I know so far. <laughs> Right. And what she knows so far is that there's probably a physical attraction there. She, what she knows so far is that when he's engaged with the conversation around seemingly sex, he can be very charming. And when he's not engaged, he pulls back. That's what she knows about him. That's all she knows. Right. Yeah. And we can edit. We edit like, I like these things. I'm going to ignore these other things. Exactly. And so, (laughs) and right now she, this is a classic mistake. We've all done this. I've done this. We we have all done this a million times, but we decide we like someone as opposed to learning if we like them. You know, we find two mm-hmm. or three things that we, we think we're looking for and or that chemistry. You know, we, we prioritize chemistry way too much. And uh, chemistry does not get you to communicate. Chemistry is a feeling and feelings are nice. But I think we often have to get better at evaluating what those feelings are because we can feel yeah. chemistry and that and that feeling could be lust or desire. It could be feeling of a feeling of like, I felt lonely yesterday and now I don't feel lonely. That's chemistry, right? But like that doesn't mm. necessarily mean love or it doesn't even necessarily mean like, you know, because I want, I want to feel feelings of I feel safe around this person. I feel listened to. I feel comfortable. I, I feel like I'm getting some clarity here. Like those are feelings that should be like signals to you of I'm really building something here. And yet we never really think about that early on. It is the feeling of excitement of the need of validation, you know, oh my God, I can't believe this attractive person or person I find attractive is paying attention to me and they're asking me questions about what it's, what it's like to see me naked. And I hope that they approve. And we'll put so much of this energy into this stranger validating us rather than us thinking about 
wait, what do I like about them? What actual things do I like about them? And how do they actually make me feel? Uh, and what does this feeling mean that I'm thinking about? And I know like sometimes it's hard to do in the moment, but I think if we try to slow things down and not put so much pressure on ourselves, be happy that we have these goals of finding a relationship, but like recognize that we we don't have to like meet this goal today. And if you want to slow yourself down, just remember that forever is a really long time to live with anyone. And we're only looking for one. And so before we decide on forever, we should really make sure we know these people. That's actually a perfect segue for our next question. <laughs> Everything you said, I think, will apply, but there's a different note to it. Dear Demona, I recently became involved with a young lady that I like very much. So far, we've had three in-person dates, a video call, and we've been texting paragraphs back and forth for at least three weeks straight. I knew from our first video call that she was someone I was extremely attracted to, and at the end of our third date, I decided to ask if we could make our relationship official. But to my surprise, she kind of talked her way around, saying no. So we had a heart-to-heart moment where she reveals to me that she has some pretty serious past relationship baggage that only happened a few months ago. The following day, we had a text exchange where she said, and I quote, the more I thought about it last night and this morning, I truly don't know if I'll be ready for a relationship anytime soon. I do want to keep getting to know you and get closer, though, end quote. So my conundrum is I genuinely like this woman, and I can envision myself having a future with her. But if she's not ready to be in a relationship, should I move on and start from square one with a new person? Or is it worth the emotional investment? that I continue to linger waiting for her to feel ready to be in a relationship since I already know that I like her and on some level I know she likes me. I ask this question from the perspective of knowing that relationships require hard work and I don't want to waste my time if she has cold feet. Oh, Nick, is she a fuck boy? <laughs> uh, she, well, yes, in a sense that he is, if he, if he continues on this path and he doesn't listen to what she's expressing and prioritizes the fact that he's decided again he's decided he didn't he hasn't learned he's liked her he's decided he's liked her and there's a huge difference then yes eventually he's going to feel like she's a fuckboy because she does like him right she likes what she knows so far but she sounds like she was really honest about like i'm not yeah. in a place right now and that can be disappointing but we have to accept that People have to be in a healthy place for them to be able to prioritize our needs because our needs are important just as much as their needs are important. And a relationship is about prioritizing the the desires and respecting the boundaries of the other person. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry for this person that he is excited about this person because it's really fun to meet someone and get excited. But you have to listen and respect the fact that she has communicated with you her limitations. And so I think the best thing for him to do is to say, I really appreciate that you're honest with me. And I got to say, it's a bummer to hear because I think what I've learned so far, it's been great. And and you seem like a really great person. But thank you for being honest with me. But um, right now, I know I'm in a good place to date. And I really respect the fact that you recognize that you're not. So for now, I think maybe we should just go our separate ways and, and you go on your journey. I'll go on mine. And, and ideally, she's working on her whatever she wants to work on. And like, leave the door open. 
You know, I hope to hear from you in the future if you get to the place where you are comfortable dating. And so we have to listen and accept when people are honest with us about where they're at and not let our egos take over and tell ourselves, you can show them that you're worthy and you can show them that despite them not being ready, you're so great that they can be ready for you. And we'll do this in our head and we'll, we'll challenge ourselves to like try to prove to them that they're ready. So I really think if he said what I said earlier, that person will be surprised about mm-hmm. this person's ability to respect their boundaries. People really respect yeah. people who can set a boundary because boundaries are, are things that we set for ourselves. We don't set them with other people. We set them for ourselves and we communicate that through our expectations of the other people. It's really hard to enforce a boundary, right? Because the boundaries are something that we like, we know we need in the long term, but often it's hard to enforce in the short term because we like instant gratification. And when we see someone else respect their boundaries, we're really impressed because we know internally how hard it is to do. And I promise mm. you, this gentleman, if he respects his boundary of wanting to prioritize people who are in an emotional state to prioritize him, she will find that to be attractive. And when she is ready, she will remember that this is a person who valued themselves and their time. And I find that everyone finds that attractive. And so she'll look him up in the future if, if he's able to respect his boundary. You know, I, you know, I'm actually wondering, Nick, if that was uh, a bit of an excuse, like I'm not even really sure she has that much past relationship baggage. I know she said that. I'm just wondering it because to me, it feels like he's going a little bit fast. Yeah. Sometimes it's genuine. Sometimes an excuse. It's not our job to figure out which one it is, but it's a boundary. It's a boundary that you you set for yourself. I want to be in a relationship. I mean, that's a minimum boundary for anyone who says they want to be in a relationship to prioritize people who are also acknowledge that they're ready to be in a relationship. So if someone communicates sure. us that they're not, whether it's true or or it's an excuse, you saying, thank you for being honest with me, but like as much as I'd love to get to know you, I just want to prioritize people who are ready. Now, if this person is lying and if it's an excuse, you saying that to them, they'll be like, well, wait a second. I, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll feel judged, right? So, and again, they will find you're willing to enforce your boundary very attractive. Does it mean they'll come around? Not necessarily, probably not, mm-hmm. but it will let them know that you are someone who does prioritize your needs. Totally. Thank you so much for joining me, Nick. You have to be following Nick on Instagram at Nick Vile, N-I-C-K-V-I-A-L-L. And be sure to pick up a copy of his new book. It is out on bookshelves right now. It's called Don't Text Your Ex. Happy birthday. We will have a link also to get it in the show notes. What a delight episode 431 of Dates and Mates was. I love hearing from you. And if there is a topic that you are hoping that I cover or a question that you have, don't be shy. Slide into the DMs. Text me happy birthday at 424-246-6255. I'm just kidding. Don't text me happy birthday. Text me your question. Or you can also, you can leave me a voicemail on that line, or you can send me a DM at Damona Hoffman on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and your question could be in a future episode. Before we go, there is some exciting news that I wanted to share with you. Last week, Dates and Mates took home the best podcast of the year, Award at the Black Podcasting Awards. I am so honored. For 10 years, I have made this show with all my heart and all my soul, and it is 
so exciting. This is the first award we have ever received. So make sure you give the Black Podcasting Awards a little bit of love. I have tons of posts on Instagram about it. If you want to chime in, let me know what your favorite episode of the show has been. And we'll keep making more episodes of Dates and Mates, maybe for another 10 years. We'll be back again next Tuesday with the hilarious and fantastic Nora Macronini. She is the host of the podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking. She also has a new book. It is also fantastic. And I can't wait for you to hear from her. Until then, I wish you happy dating.